Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, my name is Bryce Watts, and this is the NF Ladies Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but I want to highlight the women who are the support systems behind the scenes. Let's do it. And I've been trying so hard to Welcome back to episode 21 of the NF Ladies podcast. I'm here with Carly Burris. Hello, Carly. Hello, Bryce. How are you today? <laughs> I am great. Thank you for asking. So I'm going to start off by asking who you are, who your significant other is, what he does in the NFL, how long you guys have been in the league, and which teams you have been with. Okay. I am Carly Burris. Hello, everyone. Um, my husband is Ben Burris. He is a research analyst and coaching assistant with the offense for the New York Giants. Um, This is our eighth season, either eighth or ninth. I'm going to have to go back and double check, but um, I'll confirm after. And then we've been with three different teams. So um, we actually met when he was uh, first working for the Carolina Panthers. um, And then he got a job with the Arizona Cardinals, and now here in New York with the Giants. Um, He also worked for Furman University. Uh, That was his first job with their team before I came into the picture, but three NFL teams. Okay, because I was going to ask you, I know it's like you said eight or nine years in the league, but I know that there's even a buildup before that because coaches have such a long road of even getting on the field or getting in the building. So he Mm -hmm. was with that uh, school for how many years before then? So I think it was two, two and a half or three years, somewhere around that range. So um, I think overall he's been working in football for probably close to 10 years. That's so crazy to me. Like that's Mm -hmm. such a long, and then you must really love it. Cause I was talking to another NF lady. She's like, yeah, it's a lot of long hours. And like, I don't see him from Sunday to Thursday. You're, you're nodding your head. You're like, yes, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I heard, um, I don't remember who said this, but uh, I think one of the coach's wives that I know said it's like being a widow for six months of the year. And I was like, oh, that's a little uh, morbid. But yeah, it's 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 like Ben's gone right now. I usually don't see him, you know, through the week because he gets home after I'm in bed asleep and leaves way before I would ever even consider getting up. Um, so but Fridays and Saturdays, especially if it's a home game, I'll, I'll see him and Sundays. Um, but Actually, he's in Tucson, Arizona, closer to you right now because they had two away games and they're working out west for a week before their game in L.A. So, Oh, a little west coast trip. I was going to say, why is he still out there? Okay. it's It was weird. They played in Miami yesterday and then um, they're, they play on the west coast on next Sunday. And so I think, I, I don't know, I've, he's never done that before, but I guess they're getting acclimated for a few more days. They're going to all different uh, the different corners. Now they just need to go up to Seattle. Yeah, knocking it all out. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. So I keep forgetting to ask people this, but I love hearing the stories. How did you guys meet? And then I'll transition to how he proposed. So how did you both meet? 
Yeah, so it's funny. I'm actually, um, I work in finance now, but my dream job for as long as I could remember growing up was to be a sideline reporter in the NFL. So I've been diehard, I was a diehard Panther fan, huge NFL fan since I can remember. And so I studied sports journalism in college, um, which my first job out of college was an intern with the Carolina Panthers with their um, public relations department. So I, and that was the same year that he actually was starting out as an intern with their operations department as well. So um, we all show up to training camp uh, in July and the training camp for the Panthers is um, not at their stadium, at their normal practice facility. They actually do it at Wofford College. So we were all staying in dorms and you kind of only see that group of people, the people that work for the team. So players, um, coaches, and then any kind of other staff that's at um training camp for the whole time. So there was just one night we all went out to go get, you know, food and drinks when there was an off day the following day and we just hit it off. And I always thought he was cute. And at the time we were actually both in relationships, so nothing really happened um, from there. But um, we kept seeing each other in Charlotte and I think there was just like a natural chemistry. And eventually we were both not in our relationships anymore. And um, I asked him to go to a Kings of Leon concert with me as our first date. So I was the one who actually formally asked him to go out with me. Um, And then I think, like, seriously, after that concert, we were just together. Like, there was no talking period. There was no getting to know each other. It was like, this is my boyfriend and now my husband. It was kind of like, this is working. Like, this is it. So you guys both, like, mutually agreed or did you have to say it? Because I feel like I'm a person who, like, you need to say it. Like, you need to say that we're together. I can't just, like, assume that we're together. Yeah. Well, that's – it's funny. You definitely – I definitely feel that way, but I'm also – I think more forward. My personality is very direct. So after, you know, I think we just hit it off at that concert and we're just talking or dating as if we were, we've been together for years. And I was like, you're my boyfriend, right? Like there was no question. It was just like, you're my boyfriend. We're together. That's it. I like that. I like a woman who knows what she wants and goes for it. And it's not like the traditional, like, oh, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Like, if you want it, go for it. No more games. Yeah, exactly. And I think that can be applied to anywhere in life. Don't wait for someone else to tell you what's up. Just do it yourself. And I know some people like more like a traditional start of a relationship like that. So I'm like, yeah, but like, do you really want to like sit by the phone and like, do the text and wait for the time in between. Oh, yeah. I don't have time for that. Also, funny you say that. There was no, like, progression to meeting the parents because my mom actually, um, her company at the time was working at that concert. So he met my mom on our first date. Like, I had had a few drinks, and, and my mom was, like, looking at him. Like, I'm. I, why did you choose to go out on a date with my daughter? You're going to regret this. But apparently he didn't. So I like that, too, when, like, the the guys or they roll their eyes or something like years later as if you didn't know who I was when you met me. Like we were going out to parties. You understood what you were getting into. Yeah. Like there has been a clear, uh, it's been clear who I am from the start. Literally no game from the start. I love right. it. Yeah. So how did he propose? Um, yeah. So it I guess it was kind of cool because he had all my friends and family fly into Charlotte. Um, And 
there's like this speakeasy under the place that he would get his haircut. And so um, that was kind of fast forward. But uh, his sister and her now husband came in town to visit us for a long weekend. And so I was just... Um, going to walk with them to my favorite Mexican restaurant to get some margaritas and tacos and kind of start off the weekend. And of course they knew that he was going to be proposing. Um, and then we stopped in front of his haircut place and he was like, I have a, a different plan today. And I see in the corner of my eye, my best friend who was supposed to be out of town that weekend, like in the window. And I'm like, what the heck? And there was so many people behind her like my mom and my dad and I turn around and then obviously Ben's like, he's way more emotional than I am. So, and he's about to propose. Um, and then after, of course I said, yes, everyone just started coming out of the, the haircut shop. I'll send you a picture. It's, it's really cool. Like everyone's in the window while he's on one knee. Um, and then we went down into the speakeasy that he rented out and had pizza and champagne and then just kind of partied the whole weekend. But it was a total surprise. But he had all my friends and family um, fly in and uh, celebrate the weekend. So it was really fun. That's so sweet. Such a cute way to do it. I love a good speakeasy and having it all <laughs> planned out like that where you don't even have to worry about it. Like he's got a plan. Oh yeah. I had no idea, but it was awesome because as you can probably tell, I'm pretty social and um, just really love to be with a bunch of people and celebrate. And although, you know, we of course celebrated on our own and, and um, got quality time together, but I think he knew that it was really important to me to be able to you know, celebrate us with everyone that's important to us. So it was awesome. Yeah, I like to have fun with everybody too. I mean, I've never been proposed to, but <laughs> yeah, I like celebrating with everybody yes. else, getting a big group I together. I didn't have to call anyone. I didn't have to FaceTime anyone because they were all there. So it was perfect. That's perfect. Is he a planner like that usually? Or was this like a one-time thing? Oh, that was a one-time thing. He told me that it felt like he was cheating on me, trying to text people and like, then be like, don't text me. I'm going home now and, and things like that. But um, I'm usually the one that plans out any vacation and stuff, but he goes with the flow. So he, I can't believe he pulled it off. <laughs> That's really good. That's really impressive. Especially like, I mean, were you guys living together at the time? And like, you know, the phones, if they're out, like, I don't know if they're unlocked, like I'll just be like, going in his phone because I wanted to do something on my boyfriend. Right. So it's like, he yeah. wouldn't be able to hide anything from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I think he was so stressed about it is because he was like mortified that something would pop up on his text when I was just sitting there. But um, yeah, luckily, I didn't see anything. He has a bunch of women on mute, like your <laughs> yeah. friends on mute and their conversations like, why is there a little moon next to this girl's name? Yeah, yeah, I know. That was before mute even existed. So it was like, he was really nervous. He had to like turn his phone off. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But let's rewind a little bit to you mm -hmm. saying you worked for the Panthers. So you've been a football fan your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So I was super tomboy growing up. Um, and I, I still kind of am, except I just wear makeup now. Um, but I, yeah, I, I went to every single Panthers home game growing up since I was 11 with my dad, except for one game. Um, they were in the playoffs. And I had had mono. I was 17 years old. And my dad said I couldn't go because it was like a night game. It was going to be cold. And I was just coming off of, you know, having mono. And I think I threw a tantrum as a 17-year-old because I so badly wanted to go to the football game. But that's just to kind of show you what a big football fan that I was. Um, and so 
yeah, I, I wanted to be a journalist, a, a sports reporter. Um, and so that was, that was my first job. And uh, it was a dream job, I would say, as an intern for the Panthers. But um, I quickly realized the schedule and the lifestyle. Um, it, it was, it was going to, it just wasn't all that it was made out to be. You really have to grind to make it to where you want to be as a, you know, sports reporter or something along those lines. Um, so I started pursuing other careers. I like that you say the lifestyle, but you're living that's essentially the same lifestyle because of your husband now. Oh yeah. I mean, this, the, the only difference is like Ben has to do all of the hard stuff and I guess moving is difficult, but I still get to, you know, enjoy myself on the weekends, whereas he doesn't get to so much. So not that I want to prioritize having a social life over, you know, work, but there's several careers out there that allow you to have the flexibility to see your friends and family, um, and, and still be successful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, prioritizing different things, but like hanging out with your friends and being able to spend time with family is mm-hmm. like, as you get older, you just realize like, hey, what's important in my life? And we all end up like slowly just like fading away to be like a little bit morbid like you were. Yeah, earlier, I but. know. Yeah, I know. I like I sometimes I feel so bad for him because I'm like, I, I just could never. That's why I I don't work in sports. I could I could never personally work as much as you do. And I have so much respect for him. And obviously, just anyone that works in any not just the NFL, but sports in general, like some people compare it to a military lifestyle and which I have way more respect for people that serve our country than NFL players and coaches. But that said, from a, from a time perspective, the the amount of effort that they put in and, and time that they you know put into their career is is just insane. So I couldn't do it. I know what you mean about like the military lifestyle, and I like I feel like that's the closest thing you can relate it to. Like yeah, without all the like risking your life type things, you <laughs> yeah, know, like exactly. obviously the very obvious reasons, right. but yeah, a little bit like that. But you're talking about moving, like, of course it's stressful. So mm-hmm. what, and you've been to three different teams. So you've been to three completely different places. Mm-hmm. So how has that been you like having to navigate the move? I'm sure for the most part alone. Yeah. So I think the most stressful part is as far as Ben's career goes, like he's still you know, trying to to make it himself. And um, so it's important that both of us continue to have a, a, a job. Obviously, you know, job security is something that um, a lot of people have to deal with in, in this industry. But the most stressful part is figuring out what I'm going to do for work. Um, but luckily, I've been with the same company and have been able to advance in my career all while moving. Um, you know, but I think the main thing that I... Uh, relied on to to get through all these transitions was like really just being open to making new friends and not being closed off. And there was a point in Arizona where I even downloaded Bumble BFF to you know match with people online just to make some friends. And I and I actually went to a bachelorette party this year for a girl that I met on it. So um, you know I think that's the biggest part is being able to surround yourself with friends that even become family. Like this year for Christmas, um, you know, I'm staying in town and I'm actually going to be going to one of my new 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 Jersey uh, family's houses for Christmas. And I think, um, you know, that's the biggest part of being able to get through some of the transitions and moving is really just being open to allowing new people to come into your life because it's so important to have support, whether it be in the NFL or just people that you meet along the way. 
So what you just mentioned right there is very important and something that I feel like is a little bit hard, especially if you're newer in the league, to do, which is to reach out to people and really be open to new friends and new people. And I didn't even know that app existed, so I'm definitely going to have to look into that. <laughs> but was that something that you just gradually had to move into, like a, a mindset that you had to move into? Totally. So I grew up in North Carolina. So being with when I met Ben with the Panthers, my whole family was there, my friends, they were people that I've known forever. So when we moved to Arizona, um, you know, I, I just, I have confidence in myself to make friends when I find people, but I had to find the people. So um, my friend in North Carolina said, oh, I know someone that recently moved to Dallas and downloaded Bumble BFF. And I was like, ah, I don't need that. That's silly. She must have been like a recluse that never talked to humans. And as I'm, you know, going out places with Ben in Scottsdale and just trying to meet people, you know, you, you meet a girl in the bathroom. You're like, oh, I love your skirt. And you exchange phone numbers. And then the next day you're like, I know nothing about that human. So um, then, you know, I kind of just swallowed my pride. And uh, I think with everything in life, it, the lesson I learned is don't ever be worried about what other people think of you or how you meet someone. I mean, online dating now is like, so normal. So in the same sense, I was like, I, I'll just make a friend on Bumble BFF. And actually the first person that I matched with, um, I, I just went out with her one night and that was the girl that now I was in her bachelorette party. So um, it definitely was, I would say an uncomfortable position. And I think a lot of us are constantly put in in those situations when you have to move and you don't know anyone and you have to change your job and where you're living. Um, but I guess my, my biggest lesson learned is like, just don't be afraid to put yourself out there, even if it's just for a friendship, which seems, seems silly. Um, or else I would have gone crazy. <laughs> well, and I think, cause I think that we all like get a little bit, you know, hesitant that we don't want to reach out to people because of what they think. But it's like, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen? Most people won't be mean to my face. They'll just be like, oh, she was gross. I'm not going to hang out with her. So it's yeah. like, then you just don't hang out and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. And I think the other thing that I, I didn't realize at first was, or didn't think about when I first downloaded the app was there's so many other people that are in the same position as me, like looking for friends. And I, just with anything, if you feel uncomfortable, there's likely someone else that is experiencing that same feeling. So um, yeah, just don't be afraid to, to put yourself out there. Yeah. And this lifestyle, even though we move a lot more than other people, even if that person is moving one time to the same place that you're in, you're like, uh, they're in, you know, like you just said, they're going through the same thing. Still new to everyone. Yep. <laughs> Still new. So have you been traveling the whole time, all these places? I saw in your bio, you had uh, North Carolina and then Scottsdale and now obviously New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So you've always been traveling together? Yep. So it'll usually happen like when he moved out to Arizona, it took me a couple months to figure out, you know, my job situation. I had to have that all locked up. So I continued to get an income as well. Um, so I think I moved out to Arizona uh, two months after he did. And then same thing. It took a little longer for me to get to New Jersey, but no matter what, it's I'm going to be going with him. Now I know things can change down the road when kids come into the mix with high schools and things like that. But um, I think I know what I signed up for. So uh, I'm moving with him as long as life lets me. So, And that's something that I just, like you, after you just said it, I thought about like you're saying when high school comes up. Generally, if we're having kids, you know, like players don't last that long in the league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you're saying that, it's like really long term at this point because it is like a coach is 
pretty much that's their job for life if you want to be a coach. I mean, I would, I hope that he, you know, has the opportunity to work that long. Of course, if he wanted to quit and sell insurance, I'll, I'll be right here by his side. But yeah, that's, that's the one thing is I, I also can't ever judge, you know, I'm, I'm always like, why, why isn't the wife moving? You know, it's so easy to jump to that conclusion, but I'm always trying to, you know, see everyone's what everyone is doing and how they're handling the, the you know, the situation, because I'm probably going to be faced with uh, a similar, you know, obstacle at some point in my life. So a lot of times I'll see that the, the wife, the coach's wife doesn't move as often as they maybe did when their kids were babies and preschool and, and maybe even elementary. But then once they get into like high school and start playing sports and things like that, it becomes a lot more inconvenient for, you know, the family to just pick up and move if they're like, their kids are getting recruited for college and stuff like that. So I say I'll move with Ben always, but at the same time, I don't have kids. And I know that, you know, life doesn't always look how uh, you maybe thought it was going to be. Well, and that's the thing in this industry, too. Everybody leads such a different lifestyle, even though you're kind of moving in the same direction, which is weird. Like the women that I've had on here are doing such different things, like even they're entrepreneurs or they're working freelance or they're staying home for a certain amount of time, opening their own business. So yeah. it's, it's just it runs the gamut of like everything like that. It's not just one way to do it. Yeah. And there's so many different like layers or levels. And I, I think that's what some people don't realize. Like you can be, um, you know, a star quarterback making millions and have, you know, be only play for one team ever. Um, and, and be so comfortable versus a practice squad player that might be on four different teams in one year. And so, you know, just because you're an NFL player or in my circumstance on, you know, working with like the coaching staff or research analytics, things like that. Um, the head coach or the offensive coordinator uh, might have like a contract where, where if, you know, something happens, they may not have to move immediately, or he may not have to get another job immediately because there's promised income. Whereas when you're at the bottom or working your way up, I should say, uh, as Ben is, um, things might look a little different. So even though you're under the NFL umbrella, there's so many different levels and so many different situations that I think a lot of people don't realize. They're like, oh, you work in the NFL? Life is so glamorous. And it's definitely not. Yeah, I like that you said that. There's like different levels. There's different tiers of being in the league. And what I, I don't know, like being from the side of the player side, I don't know any of the stuff that happens behind the scenes. And you mm -hmm. have wanting to go into journalism before you figured out, oh, I don't want to do that. You kind of have gotten a whole 360 view of really what it's like in the NFL. So what, like, what, I don't even know how to like ask that question because it's so open-ended. Like, what is that like getting all of that information and stuff that you never thought was a part of the league? Yeah. So I think <laughs> growing up a diehard Panther fan, I was always like, oh, they need to get rid of this coach or, you know, things like that when you're on the fan side of things. Well, the reason why Ben got a job in Arizona, well, or, or so, what happened before that was he got fired from the Panthers when they got rid of the offensive staff. And so obviously now um, I have a little bit of a, a different feeling towards them. They're definitely not my number one team anymore. But I think when you are living in it, it's not just rooting for a team and just hoping that they make a change so that the team is better. These are real humans that have lives and families and um, it's 
so much more of a business than I realized. And, and now I think it helps me prioritize like what's most important at the end of the day, if my husband is working for the worst team in the NFL or the best team in the NFL, I just want him to be happy and, and love what he's doing. So obviously the giants aren't having this great of a year, but he's really enjoying the work that he's doing and and coming home happy and of course, there's days where he comes home not as not as thrilled with, you know, whatever it was that day. But, um, you know, when you're not just planning your life around cheering on Sunday, that's not just it. There's so much more to it. And I think it helps you uh, prioritize what's important. Yeah, you definitely start rooting for the coach in this case and not the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which exactly. is funny because I actually just started thinking about it this year, like, the way that it is a business, like you were saying, how let's say the people in the office are signing the contract or, or signing somebody's contract, that person is flying over there and they say, oh, I don't want him this week. They let him go. He flies back. I've yeah. seen them f- sign back again, let go again. I've seen players that that happens to them. Yeah. But it's like the coaches, you know, they, they know what's happening, but they don't understand like the significant others behind the scenes. If they have kids, if they have pets, where are they going to live? Maybe they just got there and they're like, oh, shoot, now I need to move back. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so much more behind the scenes. And like you said, it's like these are real people with real lives. Yeah. That, it's funny you say that because when we lived in Arizona, um, actually my best friend uh, in the NFL, her name is Jamie and her husband is the quarterback's coach still for the Cardinals. And one thing, one of the lessons that I've learned along the way is to just remember kind of that point that you made is that there's there's people that are that could be on the team for only a couple of weeks and then a holiday comes up like Thanksgiving. And so when we were in Arizona, you know, she invited over a few new players, practice squad players. One of them had like his wife and baby back at home on the other side of the country. And so I that's one thing that we've tried to do is now, you know, moving forward. If there's anyone, I'm always like, okay, make sure there's no one eating at home by themselves on Thanksgiving. And, and you kind of do things that maybe aren't so traditional and in the sense of maybe sitting around a table in a dining room with your family on Thanksgiving, it might be me getting a big Chick-fil-A platter and some sides, but um, you know, I think it's so important that everyone looks out for each other because everyone's situations can be so, so random and weird. Well, and I'd say that's how you make friends for life because True. you understand you have to get out of your comfort zone and you say, okay, this person was there for me when I was so unsure of the place that I was in, or that's, you know, just makes such a different type of connection than if it's like a coworker that you see every day in your nine to five job, Monday to Friday, like it's just different. Yep. I think people... Um, learn to be supportive of each other when you're put in situations that are totally outside of the the norm. So it's it's really cool to see people rally around each other in like weird situations like having a Thanksgiving dinner. It could be like that or it could be the other way where some people just really close themselves off. But I think it's all depending on your own situation and who you are. You know, some people just aren't as outgoing as we are. They don't want to go out and like meet new people and they are afraid of what people think. And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's also something that I try to think about too. And really, like you said, like reach out to them and make sure they're not alone on Thanksgiving. Yep, exactly. So, uh, you know, that's why I always tell Ben, like you need to ask some of the new guys or just because Ben's a little bit different than me. I'm, I'm very, like I said, out, outgoing. Um, 
And while I would assume that someone would, you know, want to, to speak up and say, hey, can anyone have me over for dinner? There's, of course, so many people that would feel, you know, uncomfortable doing that. So we always try and make sure that no one's alone on the holidays. And um, yeah, I think that's a cool lesson that I've learned along the way. That's awesome that you like think about doing that now. Yeah. So have you always been gone for the holidays these last eight or nine years? Have you guys always been in a new place or have you actually gotten time to be back at home with your guys' families? When we were in Charlotte, so he's from South Carolina. So when we were in Charlotte, um, we were able to, he would work in the morning and, and then he would, you know, hopefully get off in the afternoon for like Thanksgiving or Christmas. But when we were in Arizona, um, obviously that wasn't the case. And um, we were only there for one year and our family actually flew out and did Thanksgiving with us. But the past three years, we've been in in New Jersey um, and we've just done it on our own. And I think that's one of those things where when I look at our relationship and there's... um, times that I, I, I will sacrifice something for him. And then there's times where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go on a girl's trip this weekend. And the holidays is one of those things where even if he only gets a couple hours off on Thanksgiving, or he has to, you know, work a little bit on Christmas or, you know, whatever that looks like, that's one of those things. That's an easy no brainer for me that I'll, I'll do whatever you're doing because I would never want him to be alone on a holiday. Um, again, that could change down the road, but um, for now, it's we we've been on our own this this last last three years for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay, and where do you guys call home base right now during off season? So that's what another thing that's different for coaches. There, even though it's off season, um, there's no games. His normal working hours are from seven a.m. to seven p.m. So. He, home base is wherever the team is that he's working for because I know like a lot of players will go back to somewhere else and train you know wherever their home base is but like it's it's pretty permanent with us that we definitely don't have a, a second location um you know last year during COVID when he was working online for the off season um we did go back to North Carolina and South Carolina for a couple of weeks but um home is New Jersey home is where the football is <laughs> That's, I didn't know that. So that's interesting. Then all of those people, like you just said, go home. So if you're friends with players, wives, or girlfriends, like your friends are leaving. So how is that? Um, It's good. So I'm actually, I think that's going back to the very first part of our conversation. I'm actually friends with so many people that are like not a part of the NFL that I've just made along the way. And I think while it's important to, you know, be close with people that are in this same situation because you can lean on them. Um, I've always, you know, just been open to other friendships too. So that's, that's been nice to be able to have other friends, um, outside of just the coaching world. And that's usually what I do during the off season. Um, I love to try and do that. It's just, I feel like it's such, you have to make such an effort to go outside of all that stuff, you know, cause you have, yeah. I mean, you have your own job and then he comes home and you want to spend time with him. And then you're hanging out with the people who are associated with football because that's, I mean, essentially your guys's life. So like, how do you even go about, is it through the app that you do that? You're able to just meet people like who aren't in part of football? Yeah, so actually my two closest friends that I made in in New Jersey, their husbands work for the Giants, of course, and those are who I hang out with the most. But um, yeah, I, I think like 
New York, I, I actually knew a few people that lived up here and then you meet them and then you make friends with their friends. And so that's kind of how, um, you know, that happened. But I think to your point of like having to make an effort, the NFL, as, as much as you, as mu- as bad as it sounds, it's a selfish business. You, you, you are picking up your family and you're, you know, committing all this time. And so you're, you're kind of selfishly moving, you know, your, your partner. And so on the same side, you know, you have to be, when I say you, I'm talking about myself, selfish for lack of a better term and prioritize making your life, you know, outside of the NFL a priority because, you know, while anytime Ben gets off, I'm definitely prioritizing him and spending time with him. But, you know, my entire life isn't his job, the NFL and, and, you know, the time that he puts in. And I think it's really important to make sure you find yourself outside of of that world too. And talking about the women, have there been any, because I know different teams do different significant other Bible studies and stuff like that. So have you guys with the teams that you've been with, have you been able to be a part of the significant others like events or charity? But I know that there's like a lot of teams that do charity events. Yeah. So Ben's situation right now is a, a little bit different because he's technically not on the coaching staff. He's right now under the analytics umbrella. So this is a, when he, the first year that he was at the Giants, I did, we did a couple of like holiday events. And I don't think that we, if there, if there was a Bible study, I wasn't able to go because it was like during work hours. So that is one thing that kind of, I have my own career and a lot of times that will be, that will conflict with the times that some of the other wives will get together. Um, But in Arizona, I was friends with a lot of the wives and we did different like, you know, toy drives and stuff like that. Um, But once the new staff came in for the Giants, Ben was able to keep a job. And that's when he transitioned to the analytics department. He was on the coaching staff. The Giants um, changed their head coach, for lack of a better term, after our first season. And then luckily, Ben was able to, you know, kind of plead his case and stay with the team. But then the new coaching staff came in. And on top of it, it was during COVID. So, um I haven't really had an opportunity to get as close with some of the current coaches' wives on staff yet. So to answer your question in a long-winded way, yes, I have been a part of all of these different, you know, get-togethers. But for the last season or so, I I haven't um, done anything formally. Although, like I said, my two New Jersey friends, one is a wife of a scout, and then the other is a wife of the director of research innovation or something along this. I don't, I don't know what the exact title is, but we do stuff on our own. They have some wild titles over there. <laughs> I feel like the NFL has very interesting titles and I look, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, me, me either. Like Ben's title right now is research analyst and coaching assistant or something like that. And people will be like, well, what do you do? And he's like, whatever the offensive coordinator wants me to. And I'm like, all right, well, there it is. <laughs> That's a long roundabout way to say I do what needs to be done. Yeah. Not just significant others. I did want to ask you because I was talking to a friend and she let me know that there are certain things that the team can hook you up with. The team will help you ship your cars or help you look for a place. They they help you do 
more things than you would think if you ask them. But I know a lot of people don't think to ask. Like, I didn't know that I could even ask them for certain things. Have you found that to be true? Oh, yeah. I ask every time because moving is expensive. So we've always gotten our cars shipped. And um, like one time we had to break a lease and we asked them to like cover that. And again, Ben's his income isn't the same as some of the higher uh, or coaches that are a little more tenured. But um, yeah, we've definitely been like declined on some things. For example, like they only paid for a few weeks of, um, you know, Ben living in the temporary housing when we moved out. And eventually we got that sorted out and found our place to live and and things like that. But um, sometimes you do have to pay for stuff out of pocket. But I am always asking for as much as we can get because every time you move, it's it's so expensive. Um, And so the help is really nice. Well, don't conventional jobs usually help you relocate? Like, I mean, I feel like that should be the case if not. Um, well, actually, I'm not entirely sure because I guess I technically relocated uh, with my job from Charlotte to Arizona and there was no help there. But at the same time, I'm not sure if they were looking at my situation the same way because I had no choice to move. Um, but yeah, I, I would say yes and no, but... It's been nice when they ship our cars and and help um, with the move and stuff. But then you still have to buy everywhere I go. I still buy new furniture and and new stuff to decorate my place, which I don't know why I can't just keep the same stuff. But anyway, that's that's always a big expense. You're going to have an NFL yard sale after all. (laughs) (laughs) You get to stay in a place. (laughs) I know. Seriously. You mentioned your job. I wanted to get the football stuff out of the way. And now I want to transition. I'm going to read it because it's long and it's not in my world. Okay. So you are a wealth management advisor and certified financial planner at TIAA. Correct. So tell me what that is. <laughs> Basically, I'm a personal financial advisor for individuals. Um, a certified financial planner is just kind of like how you, you meet with a, a tax professional and their CPA. It's just my certification that, um, you know, shows that I'm legit and, uh, I guess to make my job description simple, if people need help with their finances, whether it be investing their money, um, you know, doing implementing strategies to make sure they're not paying tax more taxes than they need to be, um, helping them with estate planning and where are their dollars going when they pass away? What kind of trusts are we setting up? Um, I guess that isn't really a simple answer, as I initially had said, but I'm high net worth clients' financial advisor. Okay. And you mentioned something. So people know you're legit. You have that uh, certification. And I didn't even think like in the world of YouTube and people being able to just come pop up on your phone screen, people saying, this is how I made my first million at 23. I got rich quick this way. Are you seeing people come to you like how do I do this? I saw this person do it, but you're like, no, 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 this is not how it works. (laughs) Well, I actually work with, I would say people that are, that are at a certain place in their life. So maybe like forties and fifties. So, you know, there's all these get rich quick ways. There's cryptocurrency. There's, you know, all of these different things that you see on TikTok and YouTube, but I don't really help people save the money at first. It's like once they've accumulated all the money, now what are we doing with it to maximize, you know, those dollars that you have? So if you can figure out how to get rich at 23, great, (laughs) then you can come to me, but I'm not helping people get 
there first, if that makes sense. What are your thoughts on crypto? It's very risky. I think like over the long term, people will, um, you can definitely be successful, but because it's unregulated, there's so many hyped up noise around it. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that don't know what they're doing that could lose a lot of money. But if you spend time reading and understanding it, I think you can certainly do well from it. Um, But people just need to know what they're doing with their money or else you can lose lose it. And like I said, it, it's an unregulated, um, you know, it's an unregulated kind of field or currency, I guess you could say. So therefore, there's not ways that investors are protected. So it's just very risky. So I feel like this is like the beta phase for crypto and for a lot of like technology, like Bluetooth headphones. I'm like, are my ears going to be messed up at 45 and like start aching because I like have a Bluetooth headphone in all day? I feel like we're in beta phase of our lives right now, 2021. Figuring it all out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What advice would you give an NFL rookie coming in with his money? Because I know my boyfriend wanted to really learn about how to invest his money himself instead of having somebody do it because he wanted to understand where his money was going, what was happening, and just instead of just giving it to somebody. Uh, that's a great question. And I think, I think professional help is, is so important if you're not a professional in finance. But I think it's almost more important to, to learn and educate yourself. It's so ridiculous that, you know, the only reason why I know stuff about finance is because when I got a job, I had to, you know, pass all these tests and get licenses and, and, and learn along the way. But it wasn't because I learned anything about finance in college or how to invest my money or how to file my taxes. And I think that there's so many people that graduate college and go get a job, but don't know anything about personal finance. And so, you know, reading articles and, you know, study or not studying necessarily, but like watch following the market and just being current is so important and and saving your money. Because if you go online, the best advice that I can give to someone is to go search one of those compound interest calculators, not to get into the weeds of uh, the money stuff. But if you can see how if you save, like, let's just say $1,000 a month or something in 20 years, that that dollar amount is going to be so much bigger because the investment grew over time. And I think that if more people understood the power of that, um, they would be much better off. But unfortunately, there's just we're just not given or we're not equipped with all of this information to be successful. Like we're starting at we're set back when we're first starting. And I think it's interesting too, like you realize all of this stuff because you learn the stuff over time. Like, let's say if you're like late thirties or 40, they're like, you should have started when you were 25. You would have made this much at this amount of yeah. time. And it's like, well, I didn't have money. I could, I didn't know all this stuff. So how am I supposed to know to do this in yeah. the first place? Exactly. And I think a lot of, you know, the players have a little bit more of a sporadic life than coaches. But as you know, the money isn't guaranteed every you know, year or month or even weeks sometimes. And so, you know, being able to save and not spend it all, which I think that's pretty simple logic. But um, yeah, I'm very grateful that I work in finance because I, I feel like I've, I've learned so much and I'm able to, you know, apply it to myself. But I, I do see that, unfortunately, not everyone has the same information. Well, it's interesting, too, that you like have access to all of this information, like you're behind the scenes of the NFL and you're seeing like and with your occupation too, like 
these 21 year olds getting all of this money and like seeing how, you know, you, everybody knows you should save and you shouldn't spend all your money in one I place, know. like all the sayings, but it's not so easy if you're like, all right, I want to go out, I want to do this, I want a new car, I want to buy a house, like I have money, I can do this. There was one time where I, when I was thinking about my career and what I could do with, with my job and my passion for sports. And I was like, oh, I could just start a financial, financial planning firm for players. And Ben was like, yeah, there, a lot of people, there's like this standard that unfortunately the players feel like they have to meet, you know, so when they get a contract or they get, um, or even coaches, sometimes you feel like almost a pressure to, to have certain things or look a certain way. And so it's really hard sometimes to save. Um, And I think going back to that first part that there's so many layers of incomes and which is why it's so important for for people to save money. Um, But I know it's, it's really hard for some people because there's almost like this outside pressure of you're in the NFL, you have to, you know, wear this kind of suit and have this kind of bag and drive this kind of car. Um, and I feel like if more people really understood, like, uh, the actual situations of everyone, maybe, maybe there wouldn't be as high of expectations of, of what kind of car people drove. And I think that's also funny, because people like will think, oh, you don't look like an NFL player or something like that. Like my yeah. boyfriend has still his used truck that his parents got yeah. in right after high school, 2005 Ford. Like it's still running like 100, 200,000 miles or something. Yes. But like we, because he he's always been really good with his money. So we've been like lucky that that was the mindset coming into it. And especially like having the, mm-hmm. the like experience that we've had in the league, just Cause you know, like I'm not all into the designer and everything, which I'm like is great because yep. I don't feel like I need to reach that standard. Like I don't care for that stuff. So just yeah. saving it is something that he's definitely prioritized and like right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I know that's so that's so important. And I know that Ben has said that there's like people that come in that at the beginning will be like, hey you know, this is what you need to start doing because this paycheck isn't, you know, for life. Like you were mentioning earlier, most players don't play beyond like 10, you know, 15 years is a long career. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think that if everyone kind of paused and was like, all right, what, what do I want my life to look like in 20, 30 years from now? Uh, maybe people would be doing a lot of different things with their money, but, uh, yeah, that's not for me to decide, I guess. <laughs> I like that too. Cause it's hard. Cause everything in football is its own thing. Like football is its own world. So I feel like it's hard to like, cause you don't want to look, okay, what about after football? You're very focused on right now. Yes. So it's like, what am I making right now? I'm going to base my lifestyle based on my salary right now. Not thinking, oh, I'm not going to be making this much money or this little money mm-hmm. like for the rest of my life. Like I need to look at the future more realistically. Yeah. Well, not only that too, but like I said, you know, I think one of the rude awakenings that we've had is Ben doesn't have a contract and he's gotten fired three times and has been, there's been periods of time where our income was, you know, sliced in half or whatever it was. So, um, you know, just being prepared for those things, because I think it's easy to think that whatever today is, is how things are going to be forever. But I think that's when people, people don't realize, or one thing that people don't realize that people are dealing with in the NFL on like a daily or weekly annual basis is, am I going to be getting a paycheck, you know, next year? Of course, there's some people that don't really have that problem, but a lot of people are are not always certain where the income is going to come from. Yeah. And I think 
depending on your situation, it would either be easy and more practical to get a job, like you're working right now and you're able to move. Actually, that's what I wanted to ask you too. How are you able, how did you set yourself up so you are able to do this stuff wherever you guys go? Yeah, so I think it's a little bit of luck or just, I I don't know. My mom always says, you're not lucky, like you put yourself in that situation. But um, my company that I started with, the headquarters are in New York, but we have a big hub in Charlotte. So that's that's where I started. And I kind of first started out as an advisory team member. So I wasn't an actual advisor. And then when Ben got a job in Arizona, we had an office, luckily. I think that's the luck is that there was an office there. But it was by like, you know, focusing on my hard work uh, leading up to that, that I was able to apply for the advisory position in Arizona. And so... I think this is um, kind of going back to putting yourself out there, whether it be with friendships or, you know, bringing people into your life, but also jobs. I emailed the director and I said, hi, I'm flying to Arizona because I'm moving there and my husband got a new job and I saw that you were, you know, hiring. So can you interview me on Friday at 2 p.m. when I land? So, you know, it wasn't really the traditional like you apply and then HR reaches out to you. I kind of just, again, you have to sort of take matters into your own hands. And and um, like I said, you kind of have to pave your, your, your way because this life is so crazy. So I flew out there and interviewed and then I think it went pretty well, and I came back to Charlotte after I visited with him, and um, you know, shortly after, I think I had another interview, you know, over over video or something. But they offered me the advisor position, and then um, so when I moved out there, I had to like start my whole practice and and calling clients and building my book of business and starting relationships with people, and then. I moved out in March of 2018, and then in December 2018, Ben got fired. So I was like, oh my gosh, that was so stressful. I have to do this again. Um, But the good thing is, is, you know, I was focused on my own career, so I did well that year. And um, we have offices, of course, in the New York area. We have several different offices. And um, I flew out one time, and I had a conversation with the director out here. They made me do another interview, but I, but kind of similar to the first time, I, I emailed them and said, "Hi, I'm, I'm moving out here. Uh, I already work here. I, can I um, keep the same job and do it over there?" And so I did an interview to make sure it was a good fit, but um, I didn't think that that would be an issue, just granted, given I had been at the company for a while at that point. Um, but again, I had to fly out and, and start my business again and, and start meeting new clients out here and, and really starting from scratch, which um, that definitely was a challenge and um, not ideal. But I think going through those things um, kind of taught me some kind of mental toughness or I guess without me wanting to, I, I had to like come up with some sort of grind myself, but um, it definitely was an interesting experience. But I think just through hard work and then a little bit of luck, it, it worked out that I was able to stay with my company. And I like that, what your mom said, like you make your own luck essentially. But yeah, it's a little bit of luck that gets your foot in the door, I think, but it depends what you do with it. Yeah, luck isn't the whole thing. It's It was lucky that that happened for you. It was those locations. But yes, of course, it was all you. That's one thing that I a lot of people that are married to someone in the NFL, 
it's so easy to let your husband or boyfriend or partner's job like define you almost or determine what you're going to do or what you're able to be a part of. And I think one of the great things about Ben is he's so supportive of me pursuing any interest and of course, you know, advancing in my career um, and just like letting me be unapologetically myself. But um, I think it's just really important, whether it be being a great mom or, you know, being a professional or being a volunteer to, like I said, the NFL is so selfish to make sure that you still focus on yourself and not let your partner's career dictate what you're going to do with your life because at the end of the day that's up to you of course you can make joint decisions but um you know you're the only one that can can control the things that you want want to accomplish and um I think that's why I've been able to kind of keep a job and, and do something that I love all over the country and also, I mean, I, I know I've talked to different people who one of actually Rachel Willingham, who I talked to, she was like, well, I was making the money for like a couple of years because he was a volunteer. He was working as a volunteer coach, not making anything. So it's like, yeah. I also know I have a friend whose husband plays in the NFL and she was like, well, I want to get a job because, you know, we still need income just because yeah. he's in the league. Like we don't right. know if we're going to go somewhere. It's like, you don't think about the significant other having to bring in the paycheck when you're in the NFL. Like it's a very weird concept to people to grasp. There's been some years where Ben made more, others where I did. So like at the end of the day, it just matters how many dollars are in our bank account. I don't care who's making more. But yeah, I think it's it's really important that we that we support each other. And, and he's so great and um, so supportive of, of my career. But yeah, it's it's definitely been the a challenge at some points, but um, I feel very lucky that I've been able to to work at the same place my whole career. But I do know that the hard work is important also. I'd say, I mean, if I was working at that company, if I saw you moving to all those states, I'd be like, she really wants to work with us. She's doing a great <laughs> job. She's persistent. Uh, we got to keep her forever until she wants to leave. Like, that's how I would think. At least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to like check off all of the offices and see which markets I can uh, do well in. That's all. You can write reviews of all the offices. You're going to be the only person yep. who can do that. Yeah, exactly. They had a really good cafe. <laughs> so it was just Thanksgiving. And I saw on your Instagram profile that you are part of or you started, I'm going to get the, the name right, oh, yeah. all in Guatemala and you raised a yes. lot of money for them. Do you want to talk yes. a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, my mom at the church that she went to probably... 10 years ago, she goes to a different church now, but she, she and my dad had just gotten divorced and she was, you know, at some like church volunteer function and, and someone was like, you should go on this Guatemala trip with us. And my mom's like a mission trip. Like I can't do that. And, but then she was like, you know, I'm at this weird phase of life and figuring out what my next chapter looks like. So she went down to Guatemala and comes back and is like, Carly, you have to go on this trip with me. It's amazing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mom, you know me. I'm not a missionary. I can't go on a mission trip. Like, I, I'm my, my humor is too vulgar to be a, go on a mission trip. And anyway, uh, 
she kept going year after year and I, I played volleyball in college. So, um, I wasn't able to, to go. And then it was either my first or second year out of college. I, um, finally was just like, okay, mom, I'll go with you to Guatemala, like whatever they have down there. And, um, I kind of went in like really not skeptical, but like I said, I just, it it was uncomfortable for me because I never, you know, I never would, I think I'm a good person, but like, I just don't feel like I fit this mold of the kind of person that goes on missions trips. And that's obviously an incorrect mindset because anyone can give back, but I go down there and I, um, come back, I'm going to get a lump in my throat, but you just have this feeling of like gratitude because we have so much, um, and you, we just don't even realize that like, I felt so stupid for anything that I had ever complained about. And, you know, I go down there and these people that have hardly anything, um, they, they are so kind and they were like, Oh, I'm going to say a prayer for you. And I'm like, why are you praying for me? I don't need your prayers. Like what, what is happening? And so to see people that have nothing still have such a like joy really like changed my life. Um, and I think changed like my perspective. I, I, I try and look at everything as glass half full. Um, but anyway, so the church the, the mission kept growing and then the church that my mom used to go to eventually said, yeah, th- this is too much. Like you guys raise too much money. I-, I don't know for like tax purposes or whatever. They were like, you have to do this on your own. So, um, myself and another woman went through like all of these forms and things to start a 501c3. So I really helped start, I mean, the, the mission itself, the group like ha- already had a foundation under the church, but, um, you know, kind of having some financial knowledge, I guess I was able to help start it as its own charity. And, um, so I'm on the I'm on the board uh, for for the charity all in Guatemala, and like I said, it is its own 501c3. And last year we didn't go because of COVID, but um, I, ever since my first trip five or six years ago, I, I've gone back every year in March since. And um, you know, there's people down there that like I keep in touch with and um, have become like family to me. Uh, one so the and then as far as like what the, what the charity is, is a lot of people down there, um, they don't have clean water. So like, you know, when you go on a vacation to Mexico and you're like, don't drink the water. So it's like that full time for them. Like they just don't have clean water and they can't afford a bottle of water. So a lot of people will get sick and they'll lose their teeth and, and, you know, water makes up 60% of your body and theirs is disgusting and polluted. And so one of our programs is, um, you know, installing these water filters in their homes so that they can pour the the dirty water in and then get clean water for years and years and years. And then the other thing that you kind of don't really think about is their houses are these like clay sort of houses with a metal roof. And so they cook over an open fire. So if you can imagine that the fire and the smoke is like whatever it's burning in the house is what you're breathing in. And so one of the programs will, um, funds installing ventilated stoves so that the smoke ventilates outside of the home, which isn't something that you would think of being so impactful, but 
you know, people have lung issues, their life expectancy is a lot shorter than ours here because of things like that. So really just trying to improve their life. And then another program that's more like year round, not just when we're down there is a scholarship program. So I sponsor a girl who's now in middle school because a lot of those kids will end up dropping out of school in high school um, to start working and, you know, contributing to the family. And um, anyway, I know I'm rambling on, but uh, but yeah, I was able to, for Giving Tuesday, I was able to raise a lot of money, which I was so thankful for. Um, but yeah, that's the, the charity I'm a part of. No, you weren't rambling. I, wa- I was writing notes because I wanted to ask you a couple of things actually. And about you talking about like the smoke inhalation. I feel like when, at least when I think about somebody who let's say is living in a country like that where you don't have a lot of money I'm like okay well they don't have access to doctors so they're getting these certain things Mm -hmm. they're getting sick not just it's the accumulation of things it's the dirty water it's the smoke inhalation it's these things that are really like tangible and we understand here too and it's not just like the not having doctors or access and all this stuff it's like the small things like where will the smoke go like things that I didn't think of exactly and just like even diet too so like when we're down there we (laughs) <laughs> to the best of my ability, because I'm not super fluent in Spanish, but we do try and like teach them about food that's healthy because, you know, they basically just eat tortillas and chicken and <laughs> that's it They because they can't wash their vegetables. They, you know, they're definitely not hitting all the food groups, but these children, you know, they'll eat like anything in a package. So like candy and crackers and and anything that they can afford that's most of the time packaged items that are like mass distributed but they can't you know they can't make and and grill chicken and they can't um you know saute their veggies or things like that so um not just the smoke inhaling or the the dirty water but like their health and so there's so many different things like when you think of a third world country you're like oh they just don't have food or you know they just don't have jobs but there's like so again so many layers (laughs) that's a term I've used a lot to like what really is like some of the problems that they're facing um one of the things that I try and tell everyone is like if you have an opportunity to go somewhere like that and see what some of the the things and obstacles and hardships that people face on a daily basis, it will dramatically change your perspective. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I still pay Black Friday, I probably bought way more crap for myself than I needed to. But you still can take a step back and, and be a little bit more thankful for what you have and just realize like, life isn't that bad. And, and then also give yourself a reason to, to give back and, and try and help others. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, we all need to help each other out in every situation. But, um, I, I feel like that's given me some sense of, of purpose, um, that's so much greater than, you know, me advising my rich clients that really don't need advice because they're set for life. But, um, or, you know, a football game, like there's so many more important things to life. And, and it's nice to find a purpose in, in something like that. Yeah, being on completely different sides of the spectrum, you know, seeing these athletes who are making like tens of millions of dollars, then right. going to Guatemala and seeing that they are yeah. in a one bedroom home. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's some families that have like seven to 10 people, and they're all living in like one a bedroom literally the size of of 
My, and they're, it's like their stove, their, like their kitchen, their beds, like everything is in one room. It's um, definitely gives you a lot to be thankful for. I, I don't know if this is like something that I might cut this out, but I'm curious because I feel like I've seen this like with the emergence of birth control in the U.S. I don't remember if it was like the 70s, like that, how much that even impacts women going into the workforce and women being able to get out. So you're saying they have seven kids. Like, is that also something that's a problem? Yeah. So one of the things that we don't realize, and, and I think when it, it started becoming a trend, I guess, like feminism in general, like when I think it's becoming so much more prominent because we have so much more access to information and abilities to share things about strong, powerful women. Um, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I work in a, a predominantly white male industry. And as a female, I'm very proud of myself for being able to do that. And so you know, while I may have not have faced some of the challenges that some of my girlfriends have faced, um, it is on a completely different scale down there. Like that is what feminism is all about is like equality um, of gender. And like until you go to another country, you do not realize how like women are viewed sometimes like you know, I, I, I don't want to offend any of my Guatemalan families or friends, but sometimes the women are looked at as you're going to produce our kids and they're going to work and you're going to feed our family. And, you know, that's your purpose. And so that's another thing, like, you know, we try and make sure that the girls like are picking the teams when they're playing sports uh, down there or, or just things like that, because I, I um, it's just completely different. So I don't know what the birth control situation is like. I don't think there is any, just given there's not really much access to uh, any kind of medical help. But it definitely is eye-opening because, you know, here you can be like, oh, girls have made it a long way since the 20s. But there's a lot of other countries out there that have so much further to go. And um, you know, that's one thing that I feel like going down there and, and being, you know, someone who's traveled from so far away, coming from the United States, like that's things that they'll say. And then being a female that's, you know, working and, and traveling and things like that. I, I don't know if they look up to me or not, but I would like to think that, you know, hopefully some of some of the kids have definitely been like, I want to go move to the United States and work like you. Um, so you know, it's, it's, it's very different. And sadly, like, I can't be like, oh, you'll, you'll do that one day. Like you can be whatever you want here because it's just not the same. Um, of course I say those things, but it's just like in the back of my head. Um, yeah, there's a long way to go for a lot of other countries as far as females are concerned. Yeah. And like you saying, it's in the back of your mind, but you're not going to say that to them. And another thing that I was thinking about, like on the role of like feminism and stuff is, girls who are just having their periods can't go to school because you don't have any products. You don't really have money for food anyway. Why? Like they're even expensive here. You know, the, the pink tack. I don't know if there's anything I haven't checked up, like if that's still a thing. Yeah. But that stuff too is like that can make you drop out of school, like as a woman, as a girl. Mm -hmm. Or like getting pregnant as a teenager. It's just like a completely different, um, you know, I, I think like teen pregnancy here is obviously would be hard as well, but um, it's it's just very different. Like the the battles that women face in country. I, I don't know what it's like in other third world countries because I haven't been to many, but in Guatemala, it's definitely um, 
yeah, it's, it's very different for women and, um, yeah, it's sad, but it makes that it's a motivation to, you know, give back and, and put people in a better position and continuing to support them and make their life a little bit better so that hopefully they can, um, you know, give themselves an opportunity to, to advance. Like, of course there's women there that are in law school and, um, you know, our teachers or, um, we actually have another program we do is a loan program where they borrow money and like start a business and things like that. And so there's, there's certainly opportunities for, for women to, um, you know, be in a good situation down the road, but, just everything we've already talked about. It's, it's a much bigger uphill battle for them. So um, makes me grateful for, for the progress that, you know, we have here and that I'm, I'm a working woman in, in finance. And, um, but yeah, there's a long way to go for other people. And I was going to ask you, you said 501C. Is that a nonprofit organization? Yeah, 501C3 is just like the IRC code for them to be nonprofit. Yes. Okay, I assume you just didn't say nonprofit after, and I was like, "Am I supposed to know what that means?" I'm gonna ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's a nonprofit. <laughs> okay, so you talking about you've been going there for years. You said five or six years you've been going to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Because I have some thoughts. I'm not like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them, but about it's very big to film yourself giving back, let's say, food to a homeless person on the street or you go into a third world country and taking photos of or with the children and Mm -hmm. maybe it's your first time and you don't have relationships, you're doing that, whether it be because you want to be perceived as a giving person, whether you're like, oh, I shouldn't be ungrateful and using it as like a lesson to you more so than like also wanting to give back. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I feel like I... Actually, I mean, I know you said you went to my Instagram and saw that I I was posting a lot recently, but I I really like didn't post that much about it before because it's like some, some of the pictures or some of the things that you see, it's like, it felt like when you really are, sorry, just, just interrupted myself, but when you're really working with someone in a situation where your, your eyes are open, it's not something to like brag about, um, and so, you know, I, I definitely have seen people that kind of do it for the, oh, you're so great, and like get some good feel ba- feedback for themselves to make them feel better. But um, I think if you're truly like putting your time and energy into a situation where you're really helping someone, it's not something that you're bragging about because you're witnessing something that is like, not really a bragging situation. Um, but obviously, like I just posted a lot of stuff because I feel like for the the engagement of my followers and an attempt to raise a lot of money, um, which I'm, I'm so excited and happy with how much I was able to raise um, this past week. But uh, I thought it was important for people to see faces and, and humans and like the, the personalities um, of the people that they were helping, because I think it would be easier for some people to to send some money if, if they knew like it was th- these were real people. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question or not. But No, you did. Because 
looking at your photos, yeah, you did post some stuff recently, but like you said, you know these families, you contact them, like you actually have a relationship with them. You're not just taking a photo one time and posting mm -hmm. it, you know, like posting it isn't bad. I just think sometimes it seems like the context that it is posted by some people who, you know, don't have a nonprofit like you've started, who yeah. don't have relationships, who are just like, look at them and look, I'm so lucky, like I'm thankful and all of this stuff. Like the, yeah. it's different, you know, like the context. Yeah, I think this world has become very much a look at me kind of world and like not to change the subject but even like with the NFL it's like very because pe so many people love the NFL it's very easy to like get carried away but I think that's like why it's so important to like stay grounded in the things that are important to you and and the and, and like don't let like I said don't let the outside determine or dictate you know who you are or what what actions you take because at the end of the day like you are the only one that's in control of, of whatever you're doing and and your opinion is the only one that matters of yourself so whether you are uh worried about what people think about you downloading bubble bff or worried about what people think if you're giving back enough like at the end of the day none of that matters so everyone should just like prioritize what makes what makes them feel feel best and and what helps others so yeah that's my opinion, I guess. Okay, yeah. I, I was just curious about what you thought on that. Um, just because that was something that came to mind when I saw that. And like mm -hmm. seeing that you actually have genuine relationships and it's not like a one-time thing. But I think also like we're very open to giving back and stuff with Thanksgiving just having happened. And mm -hmm. with Christmas coming up, you know, we're, we're in the season of giving as well as, you know, getting gifts and stuff. But actually looking at that and like even bringing that year round, not to just be thankful when it's, you know, November and December, but January, February, March, looking to give back in other ways as well. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't travel to Guatemala, like yeah. do your part in some other way. Yeah, exactly. And I will say like, before I went there, like, obviously I wasn't really doing much. So I, it's, it's really hard to find ways to like volunteer because time is something that isn't that that's valuable to people and it's hard to volunteer your time and then money isn't unlimited. So I, I get it. It's, it's really difficult to find, you know, a way that you can really help people because if you, you know, you're, you're trying to pay your own bills while also trying to manage your life. So, but I guess my biggest thing is like, if you can find something that you're passionate about, um, it's so worth it. But I do know it's, it's hard to, to find, you know, that one thing that works well with you, but it's definitely worth searching for. I heard somebody say like, you know, there's so many things that could be changed in the world. There's so many things that different people could be doing, but to be most effective at something, you need to pick one thing. Like, what are you really passionate and moved to want to help change or like progress? You can't, mm -hmm. you know, you can't, oh, I feel bad for this. I feel bad for this. I want to do everything, but right. you're not giving your attention or doing what you can do yeah. for one cause. Like, cause then, you know, you're not really doing much for any of them at yeah. that point. Exactly. Quality, not quantity, but <laughs> Yeah, if you can, if sometimes it's not something that you go out and look for, like, like for me, I guess my mom is the one that figured out the the need down there, and I kind of unwillingly agreed to go, and so it was something that kind of came to me. But uh, going back to the thing that I said at the very beginning, like just being open minded and like whether it be to new relationships, sometimes that might be people in a third world country, but just being open to, you know, whatever can come into your life because it might turn into something that you had no idea it could. 
just appreciating all of that stuff and being able to give back and help back in a, in a different way. And yeah. I mean, you talking about that and just, you know, doing all this stuff during Giving Tuesday or yeah, Giving Tuesday is like, I'm sure it just makes you feel better than getting a gift. It's better than getting a gift at Christmas. Oh my gosh. I was so giddy. Like I, I kept refreshing my Venmo when I was like screenshotting <laughs> it to Ben and I was like, oh my gosh, we're at a thousand dollars. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's 1200. And then before I knew it, it was at like 3,700 or something like that, which that doesn't sound like that much, you know, in the grand scheme of life. And, and when you're thinking about like how much rent costs and things like that, but, um, like the impact that made on, or will make, I guess, on, on people down there is, is crazy. So like that, I've tried to express it on my Instagram, how, how thankful and excited I was about it. But like, it, it, it's really hard to explain. I I would so much rather raise all of that money than get like a Louis Vuitton bag. It was, it was a really cool feeling. That's awesome. And it's coming right in time for Christmas. How do you guys, you guys seem more like a couple who likes to, you know, like we just said, it's better than getting a Louis Vuitton purse, you just said, giving back and being able to have that feeling of fulfillment and like you are giving back. What do you guys do? Do you have any like traditions during the holiday season that you that you guys like to do wherever you are? Or is it just you sit back and you relax and enjoy the holiday season as much as you can during the NFL? It's uh, the holiday season is so hard to navigate when you're when you're trying to figure out the schedule like this year all of the away teams are probably going to be traveling on Christmas so um I think just taking any moment that you have and and giving each other time back is is kind of important so uh, you know as far as that, answering that question goes I, I think we'll probably just try and do something nice for dinner on Christmas Eve but the holidays for the for people in the NFL definitely look a lot different than uh, I guess normal normal people's uh, holiday schedule. So I I don't know if that's like what you were looking for, but um, yeah. yeah, I was curious how you guys cel- celebrate the holidays because I know maybe you did it one way one year and then the next year, even if you're in the same place, could look totally different depending on the people on the team or the schedule or whatever changes. Yeah, so I, I think that's the thing of you have to be on your toes, obviously. I, I still don't even know when we'll like exchange gifts this year because I don't even know what his Christmas schedule is. Um, but he's traveling for sure. I know that. Um, but I don't know like what time he'll have to go in or anything like that. But I, I think the cool thing about about the circumstances is you get to create your own traditions, whatever that might be. So um, what we've kind of done is picked some like bougie hotel. So we did this in Arizona, we did it in New York past two years and we go just, you know, enjoy like as if we were vacationing or something for Christmas and just have a really nice dinner together. And, um, you know, I grew up always just spending Christmas at home on the couch with my family. I would never want to go out to a restaurant on Christmas. You're supposed to be at home, but it's, creating your own traditions, um, with whatever the schedule is, but just making, making the most of the time you have and kind of just, uh, I guess accepting it or, or making it like a fun, cool thing that you guys get to experience together. My mom is always like, write that down, write that down. Like in 20 years, you want to remember where you went. And of course I still haven't written anything down, but I think everyone should write down cool things that they do along the way because, um, different exper- experiences will be different anywhere you go. And, um, yeah, I think we just kind of take it for what it is and, and try and, uh, look at it as, 
hey, we're eating, we're drinking cocktails at the Plaza Hotel right now on Christmas Eve. And that's a really cool thing that we got to do and, and would never have done if it weren't for this crazy you know, life that we have. I like that writing things down. I think I did that like at the very beginning, but I stopped and I want to start doing that. Cause you know, some, like you said, new, exciting things are constantly happening. Yeah, I know. I think that's called journaling, but, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like maybe on a more like, uh, casual in a casual sense, just my, my, mo- my mom suggested, you know, putting together little flip books of, pictures and then just like writing down like went to the plaza hotel for christmas eve dinner just obviously a much uh uh, more simple way of of journaling but um you know i think we all get to have really cool experiences that we otherwise wouldn't if it weren't for being forced to be different places and and move uh to different cities and be with different people and um definitely memories that you'll want to uh, keep forever. So, um, all right, I'll take my own advice now. I'm going to start writing things down like tomorrow. They have some very cute journals online. I actually yeah. bought another one and my boyfriend's like, okay, are we done buying the journals? Like, yeah. You have way too many journals. There's too many empty notebooks in this house <laughs> that you haven't journaled in. So, um, have you seen that there's like a video out where it, it's, um, like a girl filming herself, a funny video of herself so that she's like, when my, when I, when I die, my husband will yes. have content to play. I'm like, I'm like always taking pictures. And finally, like a couple years ago, cause Ben really, he's just not a big social media person. He doesn't, he like, if I ask him to take a picture, it's like one and done. That's it. So finally I was like, Ben, this is a cool thing that we're doing and we're going to document it. So, um, he's finally like accepted, like, okay, it's actually cool. And when he sees like me posting cool videos or pictures, like, I think he actually likes it, but you have to, we're so, it's, it's so cool that we have these phones now that you can really just snapshot anything. So of course it's important to unplug, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a big, like take pictures person and Ben's finally accepted it. after he looks at the photos and the videos and likes it. Yeah. I think that's the same with most of the guys I feel like who I've talked to their significant others. And they're like, yeah, they'll be like, oh, don't take a picture, put it down, even my boyfriend. And then I'll show him later. He'll be like, oh, can I see the photo that you took? I'm like, yeah, huh. You he'll, want he'll it. He'll be like, yeah. And he'll be like, oh, post that one, not that one. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> oh, I definitely help him with his photos. One time he posted a blurry pic and I was like, this was not run by me. I think one of his sisters was like, Bryce, why did you let him post that? I was like, he did not get my consent. Yeah, it's like, I can't believe he would do that. So we talked about moving all around the country, not seeing him during the week, you having your own job, helping those guys put their money where it should be, and then talking (laughs) about how you give back with All in Guatemala. So in all of the, put this all into like a nice little wrapped gift, if you will. How has your overall experience in the league been thus far? I would say it's been a roller coaster, but it's the best roller coaster ride I've ever been on. And I think I have gotten to have some amazing experiences and have met some of the coolest people along the way. And it definitely wouldn't have happened um, if it weren't for the positions that you know, Ben's job has put us in. But on the same side of things, there's been some really low lows along with, of course, the high highs. But um, 
working through some of those challenges have, have made us stronger as a couple, has, have made us stronger individually. So um, I guess to summarize, it's one of the best, craziest experiences I could have ever imagined. And I'm, I feel so um, lucky and happy that, that I get to be a part of such a cool journey, but also, you know, kind of creating my own cool path along the way. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably going to roll into my next question is if you had, uh, what would one piece of advice for a rookie wife or girlfriend be besides, you know, going out and meeting friends like we talked about in depth? I think I might've said this earlier, but like you are your own person. So while it's important to, you know, meet people and have support, um, find something that, find something that makes you happy besides your partner. Um, because it's so important to make sure that you're, you're prioritizing yourself because at the end of the day, your, your partner has to prioritize things for them. Um, so don't ever, you know, lose what makes you, you and what makes you happy and what your interests are, because this is a crazy life and you can kind of get lost in the shuffle as, as you're moving and going to games and, people are coming in and out of your life. And so it's really important to have, um, you know, something that is yours, I think. So that's, that's my advice is find your, your passion and, and don't, you know, don't lose it because a lot, a lot can change with a blink of an eye and, and you want to make sure you have, um, yeah, you have that foundation just for yourself. And like you said, the league is selfish. So you got to be selfish right back. Be selfish there. there that's my <laughs> advice is be selfish sometimes, not all the time. But um, yeah, just don't forget to be selfish when you can. Could you tell us where we could find you on social media, your social media handles? Yes, at Carly Burris. Um, very straightforward. So that's just my Instagram. Um, I just started kind of dipping my toe into the TikTok world. I don't know. Yes. I, I have like four posts and they're on my Instagram too. But my TikTok name is at Barley Curris. I just switched. But you no, know, don't follow me on TikTok. It's, it's, there's literally like four posts and they're not interesting. But yeah, my Instagram is at Carly Burris. All right, Carly. So thank you for coming on the NF Ladies podcast with me and talking all things financial or wealth management, because I have no idea about anything in that realm, how it is to actually be married to a coach and the lifestyle, how it is so different from an athlete's and talking about being grateful during the holiday season and you giving back in uh, the foundation that you started. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It was fun. Thank you for listening to episode 21 of the NFLDs podcast with guest Carly Burris. My intro and outro music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.